Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manesh. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Dallas, Texas. Welcome to the show, George Abreu. Thank you, Victor. Excited to be on. Great to have you here, George. Now, you're based in the Dallas market. There's a, the marketplace is going through all kinds of transition. There's deals appearing on the market. Some of them are distressed. Some of them are rescue situations. But before we get into what's happening in the market today, why don't you give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey? Sure. So um, I started, it was about 16 years ago in uh, single family real estate investment properties, did a lot of fix and flips, a lot of wholesales. Started doing some holds, got into some smaller multifamily properties. Along that path, I also opened a construction company to help scale what at that time was single family fix and flips. And then about four years ago, really started to transition into large multifamily syndication deals to the point where I decided to stop doing single family altogether and just focus on multifamily that's with my investments as well as my construction company. Roughly around 2,000 doors now under management and um, looking to continue to grow. I love that. That's a great, great journey. And as I'm sure you discovered, the path to scaling was not just trying to grow organically from one to two to three to four. You probably had to take some bigger steps in order to move to the next level. Absolutely. You know, it was definitely a work in progress. And, uh, you know, even getting to that first larger multifamily deal especially being here in Dallas, you know, as hot as the market was, it's a lot, a lot of underwriting deals. So we're in a market right now that's going through a lot of transition. We've got vacancy, you've got economic vacancy, you've got tenants, some of whom are not paying. If you're looking to acquire something in the marketplace today, how do you even begin to do due diligence given that the market conditions have changed? Great point. Um, there's a lot of unknowns right now, right? I mean, you know, we're, we're nearing the elections as well on top of all of that. So, you know, it's it's hard to project where we're going to be. So we have to be pretty conservative with our numbers. We've got to put a, a good amount of reserves, you know, more than we were before. We've actually changed our entire model. You know, we were going after heavy lifts, mainly C-class multifamily properties, leveraging my construction company to come in and do the heavy lift and the CapEx and now we're really looking for stable properties, good occupancy, showing good collections through through COVID and you know still having somewhere to add value, but more specific probably on the operations part of it than just a true heavy value add deal. It makes a lot of sense. Now, a lot of the tenants that are paying rent, some of them may have some form of government bailout money coming their way. We don't know how long that's going to be in place. So while there's a moratorium on evictions, if they're still getting their government paycheck, they're still paying their rent for the most part. At some point, if that were to dry up, the picture could change. And it's a little bit difficult to predict, certainly from my vantage point, how it's going to change. What's your perspective? Yeah, I mean, we're we're in a tough spot right now. You know, we, we've got this uh, stimulus that still hasn't been approved. We've got um, the nation just split in half. Um, they can't agree on anything. You know, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen politics play such a large, large role in in our lives. Hard to say. The collections haven't been that bad overall, but um, there has been decent stimulus and there's been grants and 
I mean, shoot, we've got an over a hundred thousand dollars in in rent from just the cities and where some of our properties are. So, you know, when that money dries out and if we can't get everything open back up, I'm not sure where it's going to go. So how have you adjusted your acquisition criteria now, or are you just even waiting on the sidelines, waiting to see how this market shakes out before jumping back in? Definitely not waiting on the sidelines. You know, I'm not, I'm not a big believer of that. I do think there's opportunities out there. Become very, very specific on our markets. We've done a lot of research. We've looked for markets where they've proven through this pandemic to to be fairly resistant to it and um, haven't had a massive fallout from it. So to answer your question, we become very dialed in on, on our locations of where we're going to invest and then the type of properties we're investing in are more stable cash flowing from day one versus before. A lot of it was based on projections and where we're going to take the property to when now we're a little more focused on, okay, how's the property doing right now? Now, are most of your properties in the Dallas-Fort Worth area? No, we actually only um, have one in in Dallas-Fort Worth. The pricing was was getting a little high for for my taste. And then we've got um, a bunch in Houston, some smaller sub-markets in Texas and Oklahoma. And then uh, one of the new markets that we're getting into that, that, that meets the criteria, at least for us, that I just mentioned is um, the South Dakota. Interesting. What, uh, what drove you to South Dakota? When we started doing our, our research, you know, we, we noticed that the way they dealt with COVID and, and the way they handled it, this pandemic, it had no effect to, to their economy. And um, it's more diverse than, than people might think. Or if, from what I noticed, is a lot of people don't even think of South Dakota. <laughs> But uh, it's got a lot of good things going for it. So we, we've also got a co-GP, you know, a partner on that. And they, they've been there for about a year now and have a decent-sized portfolio. And it's it's been the best performing portfolio out of their – they've got close to 12,000 units now. Fantastic. Well, certainly South Dakota is one of the lowest density states in the entire nation. The population density is among the lowest, which is one of the principal reasons why they didn't impose some of the same lockdown – and social distancing requirements that may, you might have seen, for example, in California or in New York City, where you've cl- clearly got much higher density. So it makes sense that they would have been impacted much less, uh, simply because it was built into the way the whole society is structured. It's just, they're just plain spread out. They haven't had as near, nearly as large an impact from COVID-19 as compared with other higher density parts of the country. Correct. Let's talk a little bit about Houston. And Houston is a huge market. It's got a huge uh, global inventory of multifamily, close to 650,000 units total in the Houston market. Are there particular parts of the city that you're focused on? Yeah, I mean, Houston is very, you know, m- most large cities are, but I mean, I would say Houston more more than some others where, I mean, you make a wrong turn and you're in a completely different area so yes, we're very hyper-focused on, on certain areas of Houston. We were attracted there just because um, the diversity of the economy, you know, a lot of people still think it's, it's oil-driven, but it's, it's really not anymore. Um, they've done a great job of bringing in other sectors. And then the, the price points that we were able to get in at just made sense. Fantastic. Houston's unlike any other city in that they don't have zoning per se. Unless there's a deed restriction on an individual property, you can build pretty much anything anywhere. How does that affect your choice of where to invest? You know, it really hasn't affected 
any of our investments there. You, you, you just you definitely want to drive the areas because there are times where you'll see just some some weird stuff that doesn't make sense. Um, you know, you'll see a commercial or a retail strip and just an area that you would never think there would be one, but it really hasn't changed any of our investments. Okay. So if you're approaching a new project today, um, how would you be approaching it, say, from a due diligence perspective? You know, more than more than ever, I don't use or I try not to use any rule of thumbs and, you know, really try to know our expenses to, to the T, especially in, in, in Texas with uh, taxes and insurance. So we've got some pretty good vendors on both those sides that um, get us as accurate as we can as far as those numbers. And then the same with, you know, like payroll and whether it's going to be a third party property management company or if it's going to be, we have um, a couple co-GPs that have their in-house property management. We're looking at, okay, this is what the payroll is going to be on average in that exact area versus just trying to use some rule of thumb. So we're really locking down our, our expenses. We're not projecting any crazy rent bumps, especially in, in, in the first year. We're using a real conservative organic rent growth year on end. I mean, that's the bulk of it. You know, we may be doing less CapEx, more on the upgrades than, you know, we always want to take care of the deferred maintenance and, and harden the property when we get in there. But um, upgrade wise, we're really taking a close look. One of the things we've always paid attention to in the Houston market, I mean, Houston's one of the only cities in the country that I know of that has a measuring stick on the overpasses for the freeway. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it is kind of weird the first time you see that. <laughs> and uh, they're there for a reason, obviously. So when you're approaching a property, uh, even from a lender perspective, yes, there's a question of flood insurance, but it's also a question of, are you built in a flood zone? I mean, certainly large parts of the city, I'm thinking of the Southwest and Katy and places like that. A lot of that was marshland if you go back 100 years uh, that was reclaimed and uh, subsequently built on. A lot of that's very low-lying land and is in a lot of the flood maps have been changed in the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're always looking at the, the history of flooding, paying close attention to the insurance claims. And we are ultimately considering purchasing something that has flooded with these past storms it would have to be at a good price, a really good basis that makes sense for us to take that risk because, I mean, it, it's a risk. You know, right now as we speak, they've had some flooding from this uh, tropical storm beta. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 there. They're, they've The city's put a ton of money into it as well to try to fix this. And, and I think they, they have in some, some areas, but uh, they're still flooding. Absolutely. Well, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? You know, we have a, a ton of content on our on our website, which is elevatecig.com. We're constantly updating it. They can find a lot of information about myself and, and my company there. And uh, if they want to shoot me an email, they can go ahead and do that and let me know that they heard me on this show and I can send them some, uh, I got different checklists for due diligence and questions to ask a, a deal sponsor if they're looking to invest passively. And my email is George, or it's actually spelled Jorge, you know, J-O-R-G-E at ElevateCIG.com. Fantastic. Well, George, it was great to connect with you. We're invested in the Houston market as well. So love what you're doing. And for the listeners at home, definitely reach out to George at 
elevatecig.com. That's elevatecig.com. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.